The Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast brings you a unique view of Mesa through its vibrant business community and the subjects that are important. The podcast is produced in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Media Studio, sponsored by the University of Phoenix. Our podcast is hosted by Mesa Chamber of Commerce CEO Sally Harrison. Please enjoy this episode of the Mesa Chamber Inside Business Podcast. Hi, I'm Sally Harrison, President and CEO of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce. And today in our podcast studio, we have a candidate. We have Thomas Galvin with us today. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So obviously you are currently running for a position that you currently hold. Yes. So talk about your background and your career and how you got to that point. Sure thing. Well, I'm serving in the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, District 2, which yes. includes almost all of Mesa Thank and you. primarily most of the East Valley. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm also an attorney. I'm a land use attorney, water attorney. I've been working at a law firm in Scottsdale called Rose Law Group for the last eight years where I'm now a partner. Um, but I'm originally from New York City. I grew up in the city, used to take the subway to high school every single day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A lot of stories there. I and uh, I grew up in the city, but I came out here to visit. And as much as I love New York, it's a really tough place to live. <laughs> and rent That's is expensive true. and taxes are really high. And I'm like, what wow. What year was that? Uh, 2007, okay. right before the recession. Yes. So I came out here and, you know, the whole joke was like they were just giving out jobs at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay. sure enough, I got laid off twice in the Great Recession, but I loved Arizona so much I stayed. Good. And uh, now I really enjoy being on the board. I was only appointed just seven months ago, right. which feels like seven years ago yes, in December. And uh, I'm yes. now campaigning to keep it because I love it. And it's an honor. Yeah. I want to stay there. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, talk about why you're running. I mean, I know you enjoy it, but yep. what do you want to accomplish throughout your term? You know, there's a lot I want to accomplish. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people know that Maricopa County is the fourth largest county in the United States of America, but it's also the fastest growing county. And I'm sure you guys have seen that here mm-hmm. at the Mesa Chamber, where we see about 150 to 200 people moving to Maricopa County every single day, um, but be, which is crazy, right? Yeah. You know, and so when we think about that, there are all these demands on resources, including housing and transportation because of that economic development growth that we have and also about water. Mm-hmm. And so these are the issues that I've been working on in my private career. And when this position came open last year, which I totally did not expect, <laughs> right? My predecessor. There were a lot of people running for There that. were 22 people who applied. And frankly, a lot of them were former elected officials. And I like to tell the story that I bet a lot of people went down the list and they go, oh, he might get it. <laughs> she might get it. Who's this Thomas Galvin? Uh-huh. I got it. And uh, the reason why I think I got it is the reason why I'm telling you right now is that these are important issues, economic development, water, transportation, housing, and public safety. People are very concerned about crime and and the rise of violent crime. And these are all the issues that in some way, shape or form I've had experience with. But I told the board because they select their colleague, hey, if you want me to work with you, um, these are the reasons that I, these are the issues that I want to tackle. Well, that's great. And obviously, I as we grow, we continue to have more problems with public safety mm-hmm. things like that. So yep. that's very important. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I talk about when I meet with voters is that we shouldn't be the victims of our own success, mm-hmm. that we have great highways. You know, I drove here from downtown Phoenix and I left the county building about 30 minutes ago. Uh-huh. I mean, that's amazing. Right. To get from downtown Phoenix to here in Mesa in that short period of time yeah. is really incredible. And that's just because of our good transportation system. But we got to keep building that. If we expect 150 to 200 people to keep moving here, right. the estimate is that we're going to have 6 million people in Maricopa County by 2050. 
So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can plan for transportation, but I do believe we're going to have to still build highways. And the other thing is to maintain our roads. You yes. know, when Did I, you do something about the 60? The 60, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's one of the planks on my platform. And frankly, I'm the only candidate running for county supervisor who has on their website improving Highway 60. And that's something that I've reached out to ADOT about already. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rough, it's a rough It is path. a rough one. I, I would agree, though. We do have a great, great transportation system mm -hmm. coming from the Seattle area. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the worst reasons yeah. to live there, in my opinion. I mean, you can't get anywhere, no. you know, in a few minutes. Yeah. Everything is, let's see, in an hour. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a question for you. Yes. The Arizona legislature passed a bill that would have allowed the County Board of Supervisors to ask voters if they would like to tax themselves for a 30-year regional transportation plan. Yeah. While the governor vetoed the bill, would you have voted to place the question on the ballot? Well, speaking of transportation, yes. right? And it's a great question. And, you know, I'm not in the legislature. I'm not running for the legislature. But I will say that I do believe that voters should have the opportunity to weigh in. Yes. Um, you know, the plan may not be perfect. But let's let the voters decide. I really should. I really believe that this should have been on the ballot this year. And the issue for folks who don't realize it is that the way that we have our highways currently built is under Prop 400, which was approved by voters 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was the Maricopa County voters who said, OK, yes, we are going to approve the spending because it's really an investment in our infrastructure. We know that the state's growing with all this growth it's going to come great jobs. It expires. That's another key feature about this, right, is that it expires. So it allows us to go back to the drawing table mm -hmm. to work with different stakeholders and to see what is the plan for transportation over the next 20 years. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, but at least let voters decide, yeah. weigh the pros and cons, put it out there and let them make that decision of how we can move forward. And now that it's not going to happen, this Prop 400 expires in two years. And so now we run the, even a higher risk of not having any transportation funding two years from now, or really not giving voters maybe a good opportunity to have that two-year window mm -hmm. to tinker with something if for whatever reason they don't like it. So I definitely believe voters should have the opportunity to weigh in. Good, thank you. Mm -hmm. So last month, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors voted to lower the county primary property tax rate to 1.25. Yes. So serving on the Board of Supervisors, tell me about how do you feel about the Well, I'm, I'm very proud of it because I pushed for and advocated for this. One of the things that I talked about with the board when I interviewed with them last year was that I said, sitting here, I believe that we have the opportunity, if you pick me, to work and pass the largest property tax cut in Maricopa County history. At the time, the rate was 1.35. It's now at 1.25, which is an 8% cut. Um, I love getting questions when I meet with voters. <laughs> and one of the people always shoot their hands up, especially someone who's thinking, and you can see it on their mind. They go, well, housing valuations have gone up. So you're really not cutting our property taxes. You're just cutting the rate. Right. And I love when they get that question because the answer actually is no, we actually cut property taxes. The amount of revenue that Maricopa County is getting this year is actually lower than last year. Um, we still have a balanced budget. We still have a surplus. We're able to uh, provide salary increases for our sheriffs and for the county attorney's office. But at the same time, we're able to cut property taxes. And this is the number that I use. If your house was valued at $465,000 last year, mm -hmm. but it's valued at $500,000 this year, mm -hmm. you still got a property tax cut. And I'm very sure. proud of that. And I think that that is a good thing. And if anything, yeah. if people still see some sort of nominal increase because the valuation got so high, 
the number that your tax would have been is that invisible number that you'll never see. Yes. But that that is the part that helps you in the pocketbook. Great. Yep. So water. Mm -hmm. Water is and will be a significant issue in and into the future. Right. Uh, what can Maricopa County do to address the water issues facing our state? Well, water is a very complicated issue throughout That's the whole state. And, and it's and like the topic of choice, right? <laughs> but I love that people are talking about it. Yeah. One of the things I've done at my other job as an attorney is work with legislators. And I can tell you eight years ago, not that long ago, maybe even six years ago, mm -hmm. I would sit with a lot of legislators and talk about water issues and they would roll their eyes <laughs> and be like, water's really boring. Talk to so-and-so who's our water expert. Yes. Now, when you say water, they go, oh, yes, yes. Very important. Very important. Let's talk about it. But, you know, I think people freak out when they see these images of Lake Mead oh, or sure. when they see the reservoirs going down, and they should. The pictures and videos are rough. Yeah, they're really rough. It's scary, right? It you is. just go, oh, my God, that bathtub ring is real. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like my kid after he takes a bath. So, But the problem is that no one has a magic wand. Um, the only thing that we can do is we obviously can't go back. You know, I wish we can go back in time eight years ago and start implementing conservation measures, start looking around for augmentation mm -hmm. um, resources, but we can't. Right. So let's do it today. So really, for me, it comes down to two categories, conservation, augmentation. Conservation is just asking everyone to do a little bit less. Mm -hmm. um, this is shared sacrifice, which is really hard to do. But I think people realize that living in the desert, you're, you're going to do that. Um, people shouldn't have to worry about, oh, my God, if I water my lawn, I'm going to be the person who drains Lake Mead. But at the same time, do your part. Maybe you yeah. can do a little bit less or maybe you can There's put a lot of nice turf companies, a lot out of good turf companies <laughs> out there. Yeah. If you want to plug any right now, go ahead. <laughs> we have some. There you go. Or zero escape landscaping, you know. Great. Um, but yeah, but the legislature did a job this year. They uh, passed a law that says that HOAs cannot ban turf. Uh, so that's one of the things that, that we have to do. It's a little bit. But also agriculture. It's a major oh, yeah. industry in, in Arizona. And even in Maricopa County, people forget there's a lot of farms here, even in Mesa. Yes, uh, counts. Farms. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, agriculture uses the most water, but because they use the most water, it shouldn't mean that they're the most to blame. Mm -hmm. um, and so the one thing I don't want to see here is finger pointing. So you'll never hear me just say, oh, it's entirely agriculture industry's fault. They just have to take a 50% cut of water and then wipe your hands and we're good. It doesn't work that way. In the wintertime, uh, lettuce from Yuma provides 90% of the lettuce to the United States. It takes water. So we can't just do that. And there's a lot of jobs. It's a billion dollar industry. But if we work together, and I think whoever's the next governor, and I hope there's one in particular, but you know, you know, so they have to just get people together in a room and say, hey, let's figure this out. But in terms of Maricopa County, I think working with different cities, talking to different cities, but I really enjoy my role as a supervisor is that I believe I'm a facilitator. Yeah. I can't tell Mesa what to do. I can't tell Scottsdale what to do, but I can have a meeting with the mayor of Mesa and the mayor of Scottsdale in the same afternoon, mm -hmm. which is what I've been doing. And so, like yeah, yeah. And so the augmentation part comes in. Uh, Governor Ducey just signed that legislation providing for $1 billion for a desalination plant. Like that's a really bright, smart strategy. And so we're going to need, you know, big creative ideas like that to come down the pike. Yeah, I'm sure there will be plenty more to follow with that water. <laughs> mm -hmm. Arizona Senate conducted a forensic audit <laughs> of the 2020 Maricopa County election. Yeah. I know, but, you know, I have to ask. Of course, of course, bring it. <laughs> so the findings reported stated mm -hmm. 
there were no substantial differences between the hand count of the ballots provided and right. the official election canvas results for Maricopa County. Yeah. All right. In your opinion, did the Senate get it right? Uh, yes. Good. Cyber ninjas, they got it right. You know, it's over. Not one person has ever brought a piece of evidence to say that there was definitive fraud in the 2020 election. Um, if anything, people believe that our election system should be more tightly secured. So let's implement some reforms. One thing I'm absolutely against, and it's already against the law, is ballot harvesting. And I think that just provides, if people saw ballot harvesting going on, I think that would sow confusion and dissatisfaction with our election system. So that's one thing I'm adamantly opposed to. I actually am also opposed to out-of-state people being ballot observers. Yeah. I just think that's absolutely crazy. When I voted two years ago, I met some young people who told me they were from California. And I was like, why are you overseeing our elections? So that's something else that I absolutely am objected to. Um, but overall, I, I tell people my campaign is about the future, not the past. I would love to talk about 2020, but to me, it's over. It's been done with. There was actually a court case last week where one of the cyber ninjas testified in downtown Phoenix. And he said, hey, there was nothing. We found no fraud. Um, but I worry about 2022. I worry about 2024, especially um, since the United States watches Arizona. People don't realize that we are always in the national eye. And then if they're watching Arizona, they're watching Maricopa County. And I'm very proud of our recorder's office, our elections director who reports directly to the board. Uh, I just came from a meeting this morning where we talked about next week's election. So I feel really good about it. I think it's going to be run really well. August 2nd. It's hard to believe that we are there <laughs> yeah. already. It's yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you because I know that you're tired of that. But. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't have you leave with, without talking about redistricting. Yes. Because obviously that's been a big thing mm -hmm. for you and for Mesa. Yep. Uh, fascinating. You know, I come in here a few months ago and I dealt with a lot of issues, but redistricting is one that only comes every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, people know about the IRC, the Independent Redistricting Commission. The county supervisors are not subject to the IRC. They draw their own lines. And I say they, but I mean we. Yes. We draw our own lines. So it was a very good collaborative, but sometimes I have to be frank, an awkward process. Sure. Because you're working with your colleagues and taking neighborhoods or moving boundary lines and shifting resources. Um, Jack Sellers and I represent the East Valley, and he and I work really well together. He's a former Chandler councilman. He loves Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport. I love it as well. But he got it now in redistricting. Did you do rock, paper, scissors for that? I should have. I should have. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I was like, oh, okay. But now I represent ASU. Nice. Um, the lines are almost the same, but there's some significant changes. Um, I was represent, or I do represent now the northern third of Gilbert, north of Elliott Road. But once the new lines come into place, Jack Sellers is going to have all of Gilbert. But now I get all of Mesa. Yay. And my wife and I love going to the Asian district. Uh -huh. And when I told so her that, sweet. yep. And when I told her that I have the Asian district now in my <laughs> district, she was really excited. Good. And she's like, this is great. And then that was a really interesting process. And one of the reasons is because Maricopa County has grown mm -hmm. so fast. So we each represent, after this is done, 885,000 people. It's larger than the congressional district. That's and huge. yeah, and I, and I think it's a testament to us being what we call a professional board, five business minded people who work well together for the good of the county mm -hmm. that we're able to do that within a couple of weeks, I think was a really good outcome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So just curiosity, how big of a staff do you have to handle 885,000 constituents? I have two staff members, a chief of staff and a deputy chief. 
and that is it. And frankly, a lot of times I'm just doing it myself Mm -hmm. uh, because they got to stay in the office and they got to handle a lot of issues. And I just go out there. And also my district physically is huge. It stretches from Cave Creek to Gilbert to the airport. Mm -hmm. And I crisscross it every single day. So I have met with every single mayor, uh, most of our council members in our district, a lot of stakeholders. We also have the Salt River Pima Indian community and the Fort McDowell Yavapai Nation community. And I reached out to them and said, I would love to take a tour, visit with you guys. And it was great. Salt River Pima's had me out for a three hour tour. Fort McDowell had me for a two hour tour. And the Fort McDowell Nation president, she said to me, you were the first county supervisor to come visit us in person. Oh, wow. And I was like, no way. And the vice president, he looked at us. Yes, you are. You're the first person to come out and visit. And they thanked me. Yeah. And I said, I wouldn't see it any other way. To know your district is to go out and see the district. Yeah. So I have a good working relationship with all of them. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, No, I just. (laughs) You could probably talk all day. I probably could. (laughs) I talk a lot. Uh, Just to say that it's been an honor working uh, as a county supervisor now for the last seven months. I've been really impressed, most of all, by the employees. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a $4.4 billion budget. It's huge. Um, but it's a lean budget. It's a very good budget. Half of it is for public safety. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Sheriff Paul Pinzone's office and then Rachel Mitchell, our county attorney. And we all have to work well together. The county board of supervisors allocate the money, which means that the sheriff and the county attorney have to tell us what they need. And so when they say we need X, Y, and Z to fight crime, we said absolutely happy to do it. And so we raise salaries for our sheriff deputies. We raise salaries for our county attorneys. You know, in this age of inflation, where Joe Biden's economy is just absolutely crushing our county, we actually have the highest inflation in the country. Um, the, the fear is that county attorneys can either leave their office and go work at a big law firm or even leave the state. Uh, Deputy Sheriff's office, he has to, you know, match other agents. Uh, the sheriff's office, they say to me, like, hey, Phoenix salaries are X, Mesa salaries are X. So we help them out in that respect. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate it. So you. if people want to uh, learn more about your campaign, where can they find you? GalvinAZ.com. Great. Yep. All right. And I got all my issues and you can send me an email if you have any questions. And, and you're on early ballot. And I'm on the early ballot. Yeah. Yep. Good. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you to Mesa Chamber. I appreciate yeah. it. This has been a Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. You can find all podcast episodes at iTunes, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Content of this podcast is copyright the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, unless otherwise noted.